Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Zock and this is Unlocking Mindset. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Beverly Kay. Beverly is recognized internationally as one of the most knowledgeable and practical professionals in the areas of career development, employee engagement, and retention. Her contribution to the field of engagement and retention include the Wall Street Journal bestseller Love 'em or Lose 'em, Getting Good People to Stay. Her recent books in the career development field include Up Is Not the Only Way and Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go, which provided overwhelmed managers with a way to blend career conversations into their everyday routine. In 2018, the Association for Talent Development honored Beverly with their Lifetime Achievement Award, recognizing her advanced knowledge, extensive practice across the talent development field, thought leadership, and contributions to the profession. The Association of Learning Professionals also honored Beverly with their 2018 Thought Leadership Award for her body of work in support of work-related learning and performance. I serve on the board of the Hawkeye Chapter Association for Talent and Development, and I came to know Beverly through an article she wrote for the Talent Development Magazine about faulty filters that affect an organization's hunt for talent. Our filters have a lot to do with our mindset, so I instantly wanted to know more to share with you here. Do you have any filters that are keeping information out? Take a listen and see. Welcome, Bev, to the call today. Thanks for being here. You are very welcome. I'd like to start with you being recognized internationally as one of the most knowledgeable and practical professionals in the area of career development, employee engagement, and retention. How did you get to where you are today? You know, I have to giggle. I think it takes staying alive for a long time. <laughs> and maybe also um, sending the same message mm -hmm. for 40 years, packed in different words, possibly. Yeah. Because although so much is changing now, I don't think we look enough at what remains the same, only mm -hmm. in what's changing. Mm -hmm. And for me, what remains the same is that people count, yes. that managers who want to grow, develop, retain, engage their people have the will, but not always the skill. I like that. And that this isn't rocket science. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting when I smile when I say that because my husband is an ex-rocket scientist. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he um, has been working with me ever since he retired from that. And um, so he um, helps me make sure that what I'm doing will apply to rocket scientists. <laughs> and um, so I think I, I wrote early. My first book was published in 1982. Mm -hmm. and was based on my doctoral research 
on career development in um, corporate America. And that book uh, got uh, picked up by a publisher, a publisher, Prentice Hall, and they published um, Up Is Not The Only Way, which was based on my thesis and my research. Uh And I think it put me in the limelight, you know, before the field had grown so big in in the world of career. Um, And uh, people started saying, well, I want what you did in that book. (laughs) And so before I knew it, I needed more people to help me do what I wrote about in the book. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up building a, a substantial sized uh, company that delivered not only my career development work, but my engagement and retention work as well. But um, the career work started back at, at UCLA when I was really interested in um, why don't people see more options than just the vertical one? Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the only book I think I wrote alone. The rest of the books are all co-authored because it's no fun writing by yourself. <laughs> and, and the engagement book and that whole interest started um, because McKinsey had said uh, in their big um, talent um, uh the, the work they did on talent was that people don't leave organizations. They do leave bad managers. Mm-hmm. And I agreed with that. And I wanted to give the how. So in love or lose them is the how to of engagement and retention. And that we wrote the first edition in 1999 and we just submitted the sixth edition, which will come out in in next year. Wow. The so sixth edition. They've had long lives. Yeah. And I just hope mine is just as long. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> well, you've you've definitely tapped a a message that people are are interested in. You mentioned your first book in 1982, that people approached you, they, they wanted what was in your book. Were, help us understand who these people were. Were they leaders? Were they both men and women? Who, who were the people that wanted that message that you wrote? Well, the, the, book, the, first, the book that I wrote was probably only one of two books that was written to the practitioner, the internal HROD talent practitioner. Mm-hmm. So it was more um, academic and it talked about the importance of building a career development system, not just a training program or a mini, you know, 45 second video like people want now so um so when i moved from writing to the practitioner to writing to the manager Mm -hmm. uh, my whole style changed and i could talk you know hey out there here's what you got to do and here's some ways to do it 
So, um, so while I still love the systemic thinking, mm-hmm. I've gotten much more driven by how do we now teach this to managers and employees? Uh, yeah, that's important because that, that drives the culture too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right, right. All right, so not only do you write books, but you write articles. And I saw one of your recent articles in the Talent and Development Magazine, and you wrote something there that really struck me, and it is this. And the more filters there are, the less information gets in. Right. So can you unpack that statement for us in terms of Right. So we were writing in that article to the hiring manager who has a chance to look at candidates, you know, outside and inside. And we were pushing to look at your current talent base before you look elsewhere Mm. and beware of the, I think we call them faulty filters that are in your head that filter out a good candidate because it doesn't match with what you think should be. Mm -hmm. Um, And therefore we miss a lot of our own internal talent uh, that we should be using. (coughs) And we look too quickly at external talent. Yeah. (coughs) And I'm a big believer in, um, looking at the massive middle for the treasures that when we only go after high potentials, we miss. Mm -hmm. And that massive middle really wants to be developed and wants the opportunities that they sometimes see going to the high potentials. So, right. Mm -hmm. And, and I think we, we filter all the time. Yeah, you know, we don't like that person, etc. cetera. Um, it's hard to remove them. And I think in the article, we talked about debriefing your filters with somebody else. Like I might say, uh, I did not, you know, accept that candidate because I thought blah, blah, blah. And someone else might say, gee, you know, do you really think that? And maybe there was more of an explanation for that, etc. So to be aware of the filters we use all the time that filter out friendships, that filter out, you know, information, etc. You know, now on, on TV, I know people have a filter on whether they watch Fox or CNN and NBC, and, um, and maybe there's good information on the opposite channel mm-hmm. that you always tune into. Yeah. So that idea. How do our filters and biases connect with one another, or do they? I think our filter, I think, and I'm not a specialist in diversity and inclusion, Mm -hmm. by many friends who are, and I think they absolutely do. 
-hmm. you know, the word in the diversity inclusion field now is unconscious bias. Yes. And I think we have unconscious filtering as well. Yeah. I mean, I really think it's, it's the same thing mm -hmm. and that we have to be careful because when you have a strong bias or a strong filter, you, you miss the meaning that's happening right in front of you and what it could do for you. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned one of the things that we can do is we can kind of unpack our filter with someone else. What are mm -hmm. some other measures that we can take to prevent our, our biases, our filters from getting in the way? Um, you know, I'll stay with the interviewing of a candidate. Uh, I would say when the interview is finished, write down everything positive that you loved about the candidate and everything you didn't love. And look carefully at your didn't love list and ask yourself why. Mm -hmm. Really a self, you know, exploratory thing. Why did I, the minute she said she was born in New York City, why did a barrier go up for me? Mm -hmm. And and if you can't do it alone, then do it with a, a buddy who, who can help you. Because that would be very powerful um, exercise. Yeah. The that we don't do enough. Really important. Mm -hmm. And then once we, once it's in our awareness, then we can do something to change that. Right, right, right. Or can we wear a rubber band, band around our wrist and flick it to remind us, don't do that again. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> and that could work, too. And that could mm -hmm. work, too. Yeah. So, um, good. Okay. So, Beth, what is your best advice for us on what we can do to, you know, avoid filters that cloud our perception and keep us from having an open mind? Hmm. You know, I would start maybe, and again, we're, we're talking recruiting, but we'll just mm -hmm. stay there for a minute, yeah. that... Um, when new hires are hired by a, a colleague, I'd start asking why and, and, and hearing what they look for. And, and maybe the flip would be what they filter out. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think we stop and um, unpack enough. You know, there's a great quote by T.S. Eliot that said, the sad thing is, um, uh, to, to have the information and miss the meaning, you know, and, and miss what that information was all about. Um, so um, I think maybe opening my eyes and ears to how other people do it might help me in my own internal uh, um, bias. You know, there's a great quote from Abraham Lincoln that I used to always tell my daughter when she was young. And he said, um, I do not like this person. I must get to know him better. 
Yes. And I think we don't do that enough. Mm-hmm. We form an opinion and the opinion just takes over. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, you know, too bad. Uh, it really is because we really miss out on learning about that person. Each person is an individual. Right. What makes that person tick? Right. You know, what, what deeper question could I ask that would mm-hmm. open that person up? You know, I do an exercise often um, when we're delivering workshops and my, my team does called the blinking word. And the idea is when I ask you a question and you answer, I have to imagine a big word, a bubble, like in the comic strips coming out of your mouth. And mm-hmm. in that word bubble are probably a couple of words that flicker. And if you ask a question about that flickering word, it will cause you to go deeper and not wider. Like Ah. if I, if you say to me, what do you like best about, you know, your work these days? I might say, well, I'm kind of enjoying working at home and I love when I get to brainstorm with a colleague. Mm -hmm. And you could ask me about colleague. You could ask me about brainstorming. What does that look like? I mean, and, and if you ask me about a word and, and I, I could easily say, no, it's not that that I meant, it's this. But it, it makes you focus in on the sentence I just said mm-hmm. instead of, uh-huh, 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 and moving on to the next question. Yes. So that you and, capture meaning. Right. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And as I said, I'm married to a rocket scientist. He has a total technical upbringing. I often have to remind him, listen to my blinking words, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll get more data from me, right? right. <laughs> so little tricks, you know, little tricks. Yes, and does that work well for you? Yeah. Well, I've been training him for 46 years and I still <laughs> haven't mastered. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and like many of us, he moves in to solve the problem too quickly. Yeah. And I don't always want it solved till I get it all off my chest. Right. So I think that's true for a lot of us. Yes, that is a classic issue. My, my husband, I'm so proud of him. He will ask. Do you want, am I listening to listen or am I listening to fix? And that very takes, good takes care of it right from That's the That's very good. <laughs> um, and I'll bet you, is it more the listening to listen that you need? Yes. Or, yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we women, we want to be listened to, right? We do. We do. Men love to fix. <laughs> they do. They do. God bless them. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. No, it's true. You know, there's a famous um, psychologist, I think the name is Gottman, G-O-T-T-M-A-N, who, um, who works with couples um, uh, who are having problems that could lead to divorce. Mm-hmm. And he said, within 18 minutes, I can tell whether a couple is going to divorce or not. Yes. And the big indicator is uh, 
can the man be influenced by the woman? Mm. And um, I thought that was just a really interesting tidbit. It's like, are you, it should be go both ways, but are you really listening to your spouse yeah. or jumping in too soon? Mm-hmm. I believe, is he the same author of the, what's the five love languages or? I, you know, it could be, I, I think, I don't know. Yeah. I have to look. Yeah. Okay. So you have written a number of wonderful books in your field. Are there other books that you might, uh, a few that you might recommend to our listeners to also check out? authors. the biggest one, I'll talk about two, was the book called Love Them or Lose Them, Getting Good People to Stay. Mm -hmm. And that book came out in its first edition in 1999. And we just, I think I said, we just turned in the sixth edition. Yes, you did. And, and, and what it says for everybody out there in, in your audience is there are many ways to show that you care about your employee. You don't have to use the word love. But any of these will work. And there are 26. And it's written according to the alphabet. So the A is for ask. Ask your people why they stay. Yeah. The B is for buck. You know, it does stop with you on a lot of things, manager, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's one I'd recommend. The other is help them grow or watch them go. Ah. And that's on career development. And, you know, I work with a publisher who believes the entire content of the book should be summed up in the title period not Mm -hmm. in the subtitle but in the title so that's why we work so hard to get the perfect title um that tells it all so the third book i'd recommend is the newer up is not the only way so it is um not for hr people it's for any manager and any employee that wants to look at alternatives to upward mobility. Now I'm curious too, with um, love them or lose them, this being in the sixth edition, looking back between the first edition and the sixth edition, what's changed the most in the message? You know, it's interesting. None of the chapter titles, the, the A, the B, the C, the D have changed. Uh-huh. But, but we have, because we still find that the reason people stay is one of those 26. And, and we keep uh, uh, testing that idea, you know, by asking people not why they go, but why they stay. Mm-hmm. And when I listen to your answer to why you stay, I will hear the things that are your triggers that I, as your manager, should be doing more of. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, while the, the chapters have remained on the same topics, the how we address those and how we talk about them 
uh, has changed slightly over the years. Mm -hmm. And I mean slightly. So I'm amazed when I look at it, how what's true in 99 is going to be true in 2021 when that next edition comes out. So it's um, really a pretty timeless message. It is. It is. And, you know, as I look at all of my work, um, mm -hmm. I find I pull out articles from the 80s, from the 70s, yeah. that if I took off the date, they would still be r r very r relevant. Uh, and I think people look too much at, well, when was that written? A and then they push it aside if it's not this year. And that's yes. a shame because I think there are universal truths in every book. Mm-hmm. Every old book. Absolutely. For sure. So, and we discount the old ones. Yeah. And we shouldn't. You know, Abraham Maslow, hierarchy of needs. Yes. Is as true now as it was then. Yeah. And we still don't do a good job of it. We uh, still have work to do there, don't we? <laughs> we certainly do. Certainly do. Right. Right. Now, I, you mentioned, you know, that in a conversation, you know, interviewing someone, why they, why they choose to stay that a manager can, can pick up on clues of things that they should be doing more of. Mm -hmm. Can you share an example of this type of scenario for our listeners? Well, here's an, an example. Um, in the career work I do, we use a values inventory, a great values checklist. And when, you know, we used to do it face to face and I'd move around the classroom and peek over people's shoulders. Um, often they, and, and you had to put a, a red, a yellow or a green little sticker on the values you picked. And huh? I would always walk by people who checked um, feeling needed and appreciated as one mm -hmm. of their higher values and they put red on it. And when I stop and say, why is that red? They, they often say, because I don't feel appreciated here in my job. Yes. And my next question is, what does appreciation look like for you? Mm -hmm. And they'll say, well, I'm told it was a good job and I'm, I get a smile from my boss and I get it. And they'll give me a list of what makes them feel appreciated. And then I say, have you ever told your boss what you need? Well, no. Well, there's a starting place. Absolutely. You know, like I love when you shake your head and smile. <laughs> you know, like I, I see you shaking your head and smiling and yeah. I love that. <laughs> so it's like um, pushing people into conversations that they might not ordinarily have, mm -hmm. but they're prodded and pushed um, by being asked a really good question. And then so, they are conversations that perhaps they will be grateful for having. Right. And that word conversation 
is the thread that runs through all the books. Mm. It's we aren't having enough good quality conversations. Yeah. And we aren't seeking, you know, was it David Covey who said, seek to understand before you're understood. I am familiar with that. I can't say exactly who it was that said that, but that is an important quote. Right, right. I think it was David Covey. It might have been. Uh-huh. Stephen Covey, rather. Stephen, okay, okay. Stephen Covey. And that fits right into a class right now that I'm producing about feedback conversations. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah. right. And feedback is something we all crave. And, you know, mm-hmm. when I did the research on Love Them and we asked people why they stayed, it was that my boss made me feel like my work was needed and was important. Mm-hmm. And the minute I don't feel that, I start to look around. So it's, it's a major retention driver. And you know, when we did the research and we would say to a manager, um, why haven't you told her X? Why haven't you? Uh, their answer often is, well, she never asked. And sometimes we have to guess at what they're not asking for by other signs maybe that they give us mm-hmm. so um we can't read I, one another's minds right right Think, <laughs> right it goes back to conversation yeah. the art of it yeah and the art of wanting the conversation not always focused on you mm-hmm. but focused on that other person Right. And I think managers or bosses who do, friends who do that for each other, you know, are really special friends. Like you just want to, pardon? That's where connection happens. Yes. Right, right, right. And and the, the more we're treated like a number in our organizations, the less it causes us to want to stay. Right. Like, right. We want to feel they need me. They need me. They need me. And that's a great feeling. Yes. Yeah. They need me. I matter. Right. People need that. And I can't help but to wonder at times that, you know, our, our, our managers, our leaders have so much, responsibility and leadership is is really about the the people Mm -hmm. and I just I think that our leaders are stretched too thin Mm -hmm. and not allowed to do that important relationship building Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that no, I, I agree. Um, it's like, especially now, the managers I talk to are totally overwhelmed yeah. with what's on there, even those who work remotely. I, I'm more overwhelmed now that I'm not traveling <laughs> uh, than I have been when I would travel out of town almost every single week. Wow. A- and... Um, 
and at the end of the day, I'm not sure I ever feel like, well, I got a lot accomplished. Mm. It was putting out fires. Yeah. And um, I think it's important. Again, it goes back to conversation. Right. Even a manager saying, did you have a good day? Or what made for a good day for you? Or what does a good day look like? Mm-hmm. That would be if all of your listeners went home with just that question, even to their spouses or their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, what was the best part of the day? You know, I think it's a question we don't ask enough. I agree with you, and it really makes a difference. You know, one of the things that I share with leaders that, that I work with is that make sure you know more about the person than their, their job description. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Because if you know more about the person, then they will be successful in what they right. are you know, tasked Absolutely. with. Absolutely. And we don't mean the intimate details. We don't mean invading their privacy. But we right. mean be aware you know, of their surround sound, I Mm -hmm. like to say, you know, of what makes them tick. Yes. Don't care. Our number one job really is to care. Right. Right. And show it. Right. And And show show it it in the ways that person wants you to show it. Yes. Exactly. And that requires getting to know them, to know how they see it. Right, 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 right. So I don't know if technology has um, put us out of, uh, uh, taken away some of the camaraderie because you can email and text faster than picking up the phone or seeing them in person. And uh, a lot of books written about um, how the technology has hurt our conversations and our Mm -hmm. communication. And I agree with that. You know, I do too. And I think what it does is before we didn't have so many options Mm -hmm. and now we do. And so it takes a lot of Mm self-discipline to say, you know, I'm going to pick up the phone and I'm going to connect with this person. Right. Versus maybe send a quick text. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Good. Wow. All right, Bev, how can people stay in touch with you? Um, I um, sold the company that I ran for 40 years, two years ago, and people might know me as Career Systems. And I now am a solopreneur. So my website is bevk.com. And I call my organization BevK and Company. Meaning the kind of company you have over when you're serving a great meal. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> not working alone and, and all of that. So yeah. um, that kind of company. I love it. Practicing your message down to even the, the name of your, your company. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. So they can get articles on my website and learn more about what I'm doing and see previous 
um, uh, films I've made, etc. Okay, and then of course they can hop on like Amazon or go to any local bookstore to to check out your books. Right, right, absolutely. Good, Good deal. Good deal. All right. Well, thank you so much, Bev. You are very welcome. Thank you. Well, that was a wealth of information. I hope you got as much from that talk as I did. Be sure to watch out for those unconscious filters and remember to look at the massive middle for the treasures waiting there to be developed. Visit Beverly's website at bevk.com, B-E-V-K-A-Y-E.com, bevk.com. And check out the number of books Beverly has written at your local bookstore or online at Amazon. Thanks for listening. I'm Jennifer Zock, and this is Unlocking Mindset. Thank you.